Well, this morning, if you're here and you're a mom, say amen. If you're here and you're a mom and you're tired, say amen. Man, that, was a, that amen was louder than the first one, church. You know, moms do an awful lot, don't they? In fact, there was a, there was a survey done a couple of years ago by a firm, and they wanted to know just how much is a mom worth? That is to say, if we took all the many positions that she holds, and when you think about moms, they hold a lot of positions in a home. I mean, financial officer. Uh, my wife is chief operational officer. Uh, logistics analysis, housekeeper, laundry manager, IT technician, van driver, tutor, um, facilities manager, kitchen manager, nurse, bookkeeper, physical therapy supervisor, nutrition director, conflict manager, amen moms, interior designer. I mean, I could go on and on, all the jobs that moms hold. So this, this research firm determined that most moms on average do at least 20 different jobs if they were outsourced. And so they took fair market value for those different positions and figured out the totals that mom works every week. Uh, the average stay-at-home mom clocks in at 106 hours of work a week. Uh, a working mother clocks in about 107 with 54 of those being on the home front. But if you paid mom for every job she did, the salary would be $185,000. And that is not including hazard pay. Amen, church? Uh, and if you ask me, that is still below what I think moms ought to be paid, and they do it because they love their people. And so this morning, if you're here and you're a mom and you're tired, and I think those two terms may be synonymous together, moms and tired, I know you get overwhelmed sometimes. But I want to remind you what Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. He said this. He said, and let us not grow weary in doing good. Let us not grow weary in doing good. And the word there means don't despair. It means don't lose heart. It means keep pouring into the kingdom of God. Because sometimes as Christians, we grow weary of doing the things that we've been called to do. And I know it has to be that way for moms because moms have so much on their plates. But if I can just encourage you this morning, don't become weary of doing good. Moms, God has put this calling on your life. Don't grow weary in doing what God has laid before you. And so mom, I hope this morning finds you encouraged because I want you to know, Christian moms, that we see you, that we see the countless hours that you put in, that you don't get enough things. And dads, let me tell you this. If you want to forget, if you tend to forget sometimes just that all that mom does, send her away for a weekend, and when she comes back, you'll never appreciate her as much as, as you could have imagined. So we appreciate you moms. Now, with that being said... Our challenge this morning to our moms, and dads, you don't get a free pass because Father's Day is coming. And so, but mom, we're speaking to you this morning, even though a lot of what we're talking about is going to overlap with, for just parents. We want to ask this question, what do kids need? What do sons and daughters, what do boys and girls need from their moms? And moms, you have such a unique role, as the saying goes, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. You have such a significant influence in the lives of your children. And so I want to start with this reminder as we look at what boys and girls, what sons and daughters, what kids need. First thought of what kids need is that kids need moms and dads. You know, as a Christian, I see connections. I see God at work. I see this divine design where God created a family unit. 
And so in Genesis 1.27, it says God created man in his own image. It says male and female, he created them. In other words, men and women are both created in the image of God. Kids need mom and dads. They're not interchangeable. Now, this is not meant to be an indictment on single parents because I know single moms and I know single dads and they take on the role of both parents and they do a tremendous job. But I point out that kids need moms and dads is because there's this cultural trend that would have us take into our, our consciousness the idea that men and women are basically the same. That is to say that they are interchangeable. And it started with the feminist idea of anything a man can do, a woman can do, if not, better. Now, I will be truthful here. Most of the things that I am able to do, my wife can do better than me, most of them. But the fact is, men and women were created differently, and they function differently in a household. And I'm glad men and women, moms and dads, are in fact different, and I want to celebrate those differences. And we live in a confused society that would tell us that we should even deny basic biology. But at a psychological, at a biological level, moms and dads are different, and kids need both moms and dads. Proverbs 1.8, it says this. It says, hear my son, your father's instruction. And it says, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Kids need instruction from both. And moms, I want to tell you this as well. Don't let anyone ever diminish your role. You know, sometimes I talk to young ladies, young women, and they say, you know, I'm, I'm going to college and I'm pursuing a degree. And they kind of whisper it, but can I tell you what I really want to do? I'm like, what do you really want to do? And like, I really just want to be a mom and a wife. And for some reason, our society thinks that you need to be more than that. And if you are more than that, that's great. What I'm saying is don't let anyone diminish your role. If you're a mother with children, that is your absolute highest calling. And this is where discipleship takes place. Paul Tripp notes this. He says, God essentially says this, I have designed the family to be my primary learning community. There's no better context to teach the truths that need to be taught so that my people would live the way that they should live. Moms, what do your kids need from you? Well, they need, kids need godly instruction. Moms, let me remind you to give godly instruction. That is to say, disciple your kids. Teach them God's word. Sure, you may bring them to church, and that's wonderful. We get them here for instruction about an hour a week, if you kind of average it all out. Maybe we'll be generous and say we get them here two hours a week. Pells in comparison for all the other information that they're receiving elsewhere. If you think about it, all of our waking hours, our minds are constantly going. We are constantly thinking about things. And so we are constantly getting this stream, this bombardment of images and messages and information. The church can't compete, but moms, you can fill that gap and you can give your kids instruction. Moses would write it this way, speaks the Lord, Deuteronomy eleven eighteen through 20. He says, you shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand that they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, God's words, talking of them when you're sitting in your house when you're walking by the way, when you lie down and when you rise, 
you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. My wife took this verse very literally and there are Bible verses all over our house. Kids need instruction. How will they know mom unless you teach them? Now again, dads have some responsibility here too, but Father's Day is coming. We're gonna talk to dad in about another month. Proverbs 22, six, it says, train up a child in the way that he should go and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Now this verse has two competing schools of thought as to its interpretation. Some people believe that it means simply as your child grows that you continue to train them, you continue to guide them, you continue to point them and disciple them toward the Lord Jesus. Some people believe this passage means this, that you train up a child according to their bent, according to their wiring. That is to say, you take into consideration the unique way that the Lord designed that child, and with that, you train them up according to the way that God designed them. I think they both have merit. I think the teaching here is that we expose our kids to the portions of God's word that are appropriate for them as they mature and as they grow. That is to say, we start while they're young and we mold them and we disciple them. We teach them early right from wrong that God's way is the right way. Moms, what do your kids need? Well, kids need unconditional love. You know, maybe you're here this morning and you grew up in a home where your parents told you they loved you, but there was this sort of underlying competing message of I love you when you behave the way that I want you to behave or when you pursue the things that I want you to pursue. But what kids need is, is unconditional love. To know that they're loved by you no matter what. Paul writes in Romans 5.8, but God showed his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. That is to say, God gives us unconditional love. And moms, your kids need to know that no matter what, even on their biggest mess-ups, that they can come to you and that you will love them. Now, that is not to say that we love them in such a way that we affirm and celebrate every decision that they make because they're going to make bad decisions. But it is saying this, that even when they fall short, even when they sin, that we still love them as God loves us. Moms, what do your kids need from me? Well, let me remind you that your kids need discipline. Hebrews 12, 6, for the Lord disciplines the ones that he loves. Not he punishes, but he disciplines the ones that he loves. That is to say, discipline is always corrective. Discipline is always about changing the behavior into what it should be. Moms, your kids need discipline. Don't raise kids that you don't want to be around. Don't raise kids that other people don't want to be around. That requires discipline. And I know, moms, sometimes it's hard. You know, sometimes, some of y'all's kids, I look at them and I think, how do you discipline that sweet, sweet little face? But you gotta do it, amen? You know, our, our youngest, our caboose, Holland, she just turned six. She knows how to just melt your heart. She's got these sweet little brown eyes. She's got this toothy grin. And do you know what lurks behind those brown eyes? And that toothy grin? A sinful little stinker. 
lurks behind those eyes. And it's hard. And sometimes she does things where I'm trying to choke down a laugh, but it still has to be disciplined. Mom, we have to discipline our kids. They have to be corrected. Moms, what do your kids need from you? Well, kids need you to pick your battles. They need you to pick your battles. If you want to raise a child that will rebel, push back, and can't wait to get out of your house, then control every facet of their lives, and you'll get them there quick. Now, I get it, moms. In our household, we clean something, and five minutes later, it's undone. We wash a dish, and before I can put it back in the cupboard, somebody's filling it back up with something. There's socks on the floor. There's clothes on the floor. I could go on and on and on, and we could choose to ride them every step of the way. Fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. But we also know this, if we try to over-control every capacity in their lives, they're going to get to the place to where they say, we're really going to give you some pushback. So we pick our battles, or we try to pick our battles. Moms, what do your kids need from you? I think this. I think kids need nosy moms. You know, this idea, well, my kids deserve privacy. Says who? Your kids? Who's parenting, them or you? Moms, can I remind you, you have the explicit right to go into their rooms anytime you want to and do an inspection. Why is that? Because you own the house, right? It's your place, and so you are allowed access to any place in that home. Moms, you know what? You can go through their phones anytime you want to. You know why? Because you pay the bills, and you have that right. You get to know how they spend their time, who their friends are, what they look up on the internet. You can trace their history. When maybe you say, well, I trust my kids. Well, I don't. And the reason I don't, now don't get me wrong, I love my kids. And they're great kids. I have very little problems out of them, especially our oldest. He is laser line keeps his room clean he comes to me sometimes and says hey dad you got any chores to do and I think who are you you know (laughs) however I know that my kids are sinners just like I am and I know I need somebody from time to time to peel back the layers in my life and to kind of take a flashlight and look around as a matter of fact there's several men in my life that I give the right to do that that I say anytime you want to come ask me any hard question please do it Same thing for my wife. She knows every password I have. She can look at my phone. If I walk in and she's going through it, no big deal because she is my wife. Where there are no secrets, there can be no lies. So moms, be as nosy as you want to. And if they don't like it, well, they can start paying the bills. Amen? Students, I'll challenge you here too. Live the kind of life where mom can be nosy. Live the kind of life where anytime your mom wants to pick up your phone, she can pick up your phone. You know, when I'm not speeding, I don't worry about the police. And so if you're living a life of righteousness and purity, students, you shouldn't worry about mom and dad doing a little snooping. Moms, what else do kids need from you? Well, kids need moms and dads, but this is Mother's Day, so I'm just talking to you moms. Kids need moms to talk about sex. We live in a very sexually confused time. And, I, and I'm not saying this to be political, I'm not saying this to be um, confrontational. I'm just saying this to be biblical. We live in a sexually confused time. And I think everybody is worthy of love and the gospel. 
And you say, well, it's hard to have those conversations with my kids. There's embarrassment there. I'm going to ask you, is the embarrassment for you or for them? Because you're going to embarrass them their whole lives in some capacity. So talk to them about the hard things. Speak with them about things that matter. But I promise you this, moms, you better talk to your kids about sex and gender and what it means to be a man and a woman and masculine and feminine. Because they're going to get a sexual education. And that sexual education can come from you and what God says. Or it can come from Disney Plus and it can come from TikTok. And it can come from their friends or the internet. But you better have these conversations because they're going to learn one way or the other. Moms, what do your kids need from you? Moms, they need you to model what's important. And of course, dads too. Your kids are watching you every step of the way. And it's one thing to say the right things. That's great. Please say the right things. But also know this, that more than anything you're saying, your kids are watching what you're doing. Growing up, I heard this, this, this sentiment many times. Maybe you know it. It goes like this. Do as I say and not as I... What a stupid thing to say. Amen? What a dumb thing to tell a kid. Well, don't do what I do because that's just crazy. Just do what I tell you to do. Let me remind you what the Apostle Paul says, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. He says, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. Moms, that's what our kids need. They need moms who say, yes, sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I fall short. But, but son, daughter, when I'm imitating Christ, you imitate me. Do what I do. Your kids are watching. Don't tell them church is important if your attendance says it's not important. Don't tell them to honor their dad if you don't honor your husband. Don't tell them to live moral lives when they see that you're not doing the same. And when we mess up, when we aren't imitators of Christ, that's when we remind them that we're sinners but there's this beautiful promise, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So moms, when you fall short, acknowledge it with your kids. Confess it before the Lord. They need to see this ongoing confession that as Christians, we should try to keep a really short list of our sins because we confess them every time they come up. What do your kids need, mom? Well, kids need you to put down your phone. Now, I know I'm guilty of this, but much of our society enjoys life, our waking hours like this. And you know, you, when it's here, you, you can only see so much. And a lot of times you miss exactly what God has put in front of you in that moment. You know, moms, there's things in life that you only get to do one time. One time. Being a mom is one of those things. Now, you may have multiple kids, but you'll only parent that child one time. And especially if you have kids that are, you know, birth to four or five years old, that's a peak experience. And when it's gone, you don't get it back. Put down the phone, push out the distractions, and focus on the ministry that God has put before you, Mom. Now, we've looked in a general sense at what kids need. And this is not an exhaustive list because I figured we wanted a sermon and not a, a book this morning. Amen. But can we get, just for a few minutes, can we get specific on what a boy's need, what a son's need, what a daughter's need, what a girl's need? Let's talk about boys for a second. Moms, I cannot overemphasize the importance that you have in the lives of your sons. 
I, I can't even put it into words because, and I can say that because I is a son, right? And, and growing up, mom, I was close to my mom and my dad, but I was incredibly close to my mom. She was my confidant. She was my counselor. And I would sit while she cooked dinner sometimes for hours, and she would probably say that I just bothered her because I was being a kid, a loud kid. But in those moments, I soaked up the wisdom from my mother, learned a great deal from her. Even when I got into college, I would call her, hey, let me ask you a question. Or, hey, I met this girl, and she said this. What does that exactly mean? Do you speak this language, Mom? And I think it's unfortunate because our society casts this negative light on boys that are close to their mothers. What, what, what are some of the words that they get called sometimes? Mama's boy, sissies. What a load of rubbish, church. Boys need their moms. Now, they need their dads too, but they need moms and dads for different reasons. John Wesley, famed theologian, he put it this way. He said, I learned more about Christianity in life from my mom than from all the theologians in England. James Dobson, in his book, Bringing Up Boys, he devotes a whole chapter to the relationships that boys have with their moms. And he says this, that if a boy is close to his mom, it's predictive of a lifetime of health, both physical and psychological. I cannot say enough how much boys need their moms. Paul writes to Timothy, his son in the face, 1 Timothy 1.5. He says, Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. He says, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and then in your mother, Eunice, and now that I'm sure Timothy dwells in you. So let me give you a few specifics. What do your sons need, mom? First of all, they need you to be the kind of woman you want your son to marry. They need, you need to be the kind of woman that you want your son to marry. What do I mean by that? I mean how you treat your husband, what you project that's important, how you approach life. You are really the first model of womanhood they're going to get. And so largely they will find someone that sort of you have set the standard for. What else do your sons need, moms? Well, boys need you to teach them how to be emotionally intelligent. That is to say, they're more likely to get this from their mother than from their father, although sometimes the father does supply this. Sometimes it's both. But boys need for you to show them that it's okay to understand your emotions, to express your emotions, and how to understand the emotions of other people. This is a life skill that largely gets missed in our society. Your son will learn a lot about how to care for and relate to a wife because of the way that you've taught him to regulate, manage, and deal with emotions. That emotions are not weak. And if you think they're weak, you have a problem with God because God gave us those emotions. Moms, what are your sons need? Boys need moms to show them that it is good to be a man. There's nothing wrong with being a man. We have this idea in our culture, somehow the word toxic and masculinity got thrown in the same sentence and they don't belong together. Anything can become toxic if it's taken out of its proper God-given context. But inherently, there is nothing wrong with being a man. As a matter of fact, I am quite fond of it. Moms, your boys need you to tell them that skinny jeans are okay. Now, why do I say that? I'll tell you. Because one time I was having a conversation with someone over Facebook, which is the, it's like the best forum to have conversations, right? 
And this guy tells me, he goes, well, you're not a real man. You wear skinny jeans. And I said, you figured out my degree of masculinity based on the cut of my jeans. Amazing. Because my mom taught me that masculinity was treating a woman right. And that it's hard work even when you're tired. And that it's character even when nobody's looking. That it's integrity, that it's honesty, that it's morality. That it's keeping your eyes pure, that it's having courage and strength. So what am I saying? I'm saying point your sons toward true masculinity, not some stupid criteria that society arbitrarily delineates for us. Scripture gives us a picture of what true masculinity is and it's found in Jesus Christ. And so I'm saying, sometimes society uses these standards, oh, you're not good at sports, well, you're not very masculine. Oh, you like art and drawing and painting, well, that's not a very manly thing. Oh, you're a sensitive soul. Mm. You don't like shooting guns or playing tackle football, you must not be a man. Rubbish! Masculinity is none of those things. Men may enjoy those things more regularly, but that's not masculinity. Masculinity means sometimes quiet bravery. That it's all right to have different interests. That some guys don't like to get their hands dirty. So what? It has nothing to do with whether they're a man or not. Okay, I'm going to hop off my soapbox here. <laughs> Ladies, what do your daughters need? We're fixing to wrap up. My goodness. What do our girls need? Well, they need you to teach them how to relate to men. Because your daughters are seeing the way it works with sons and daughters. Your daughters are seeing your approach to life, moms. They're seeing how you treat their, your husband's mom. They're seeing whether you stand up when a man is not being a true man and treating you poorly, mom. They're seeing if you try to domineer and control your husband, mom, or if it's a mutual relationship where you're partners. Moms, what else do your daughters need? Well, they need you to teach them to dress modestly. There's this trend in our culture for women to leave little to the imagination. Necklines have lowered, dress lengths have risen, and clothing has tightened. Allow me to say a couple of things here, moms. Whenever a man looks lustfully at a woman, that is always his sin. He did wrong every time. I don't care how you slice it. However, if we are brothers and sisters in Christ, women, you have, um, you have some responsibility to help your brothers in Christ guard their hearts. Now, give you an example. If I go down to the bank and I make a withdrawal, $1,000 out of my checking account, out of my savings account, and I have to stop by the way home, Devin calls and says, hey, I need you to run into the dollar store. Am I going to leave those 10 $100 crisp bills laid out on my dash? That would be a stupid thing to do because it would be tempting too easy for somebody to grab them. Now I'll tell you this, and moms, I want you to think about sons and daughters, especially if you have both. If not, think about somebody else's sons. Why make a temptation there when it would be just as easily to keep that from happening? What am I saying? I'm saying moms... Love your sons and your daughters. Teach your daughters modesty because you love your sons. And you don't want them struggling with lust. Ephesians 5, 3, but all sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not be named among you, church. 
And it's not just teenagers or college students that have the potential to dress immodestly. It ranges all through life. Teach your daughters to be modest. 1 Timothy 2.9, Paul writes this. He says, likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control. And Paul's thoughts here are twofold. One, he means that you should cover up But two, he means this, that often, especially in our society, unfortunately, the idea is that a woman's worth is how she looks. Paul says, that ain't so. And so, of course, ladies, I'm not saying don't be trendy. Buy the cute shoes. Get the cute haircut. Wear the makeup. That's fine. But be modest and know that your value doesn't come with how you look. It comes with who you are because you bear the image of God. Last thought. Okay, two more thoughts. Just kidding. Teach them to have a proper view of their body. And this, this hinges on the last one. I cringe when I hear adolescents and young women who frequently put down the way that they look. Happens more than you think. Our society continues to tell girls and women that they must adhere to a body image that is completely unattainable unless you fall into the point zero 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 one percent of all women. And so what you see on the silver screen, on the magazine cover, and on the Instagram post is just photoshopped, warped, manipulated. It is not the standard. Moms, remind your daughters that if that's their standard, they will spend their whole lives feeling like they never measure up. Last mom, what do your girls need? Your girls need to be taught to think critically. Now, I could have just as easily put this under sons, But I put it here for the explicit reason that much of our society places the value of a woman, again, in how she appears and how she looks. But can I remind you moms to teach your girls to think and teach them to think well, that they're going to receive the stream of information. A lot of it's going to be incorrect. A lot of it's going to be falsehood. Teach them to think critically and to analyze all the information that comes your way. And please teach your sons this as well. Moms, let me be honest with you. You have the toughest job in the world. I sincerely believe that. Dads have a hard job, I get it. But I don't think what we have to do, I think it pales in comparison to what moms do. You have the hardest job in the world. And here's the thing, mom, you don't get a redo. Now, I know that is a ton of pressure but it's completely honest. You're gonna get to do this one time, and yeah, you're gonna mess up, and you're gonna fall short. However, seek the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths, moms. Moms, as we close, if I can challenge you or remind you once again, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary of doing good. Moms, keep doing good. Keep learning, keep growing, keep repenting and apologizing when you need to, keep serving, keep teaching, keep modeling. We can just say it this way, keep momming. Don't grow weary in doing good.